Welcome to Spice World Between Two Dunes, an inebriated exploration of Willis E. McNelly's Dune Encyclopedia. My name is Derek. And my name is Mike. Each month we let you, our faithful Patreon subscribers. Ooh, subscribers? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. CH goers? CH, yeah, members? Spice worlders? Spice worlders? <laughs> I mean, we might get into some legal Spice issues girls. there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, first topic. If you have a great name you want to call yourselves, the Spice World community, let us know because we don't really know. We're, we're at a bit of a loss. We're, we're open. We're open for suggestions. I'm, I, I do kind of like Spice Worlders. I, I like Spice Worlders a lot, actually. That's going to be the actually. placeholder, at least right. for now, of our dear Spice Worlders. <laughs> Spice, dear Spice Worlders. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, each month we're going to do a special uh, Between Two Dunes episode. Yes, we are. And, uh, oh, so you, we changed up. What was our beginning? Normally, normally I can just sort of say it along with you. You changed up the game on me. I know. I'm sorry, Mike. Well, so beyond, uh, we want to find a better word to call our Spice Worlders and our little CH Tribe members. Uh, We are going to do these special episodes for you guys as like a way to say thank you and a way for us just to really tear apart the Dune Encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. Pull out those obscure articles and give them some light of day. And uh, this is going to be the point where, you know, we're going to introduce what we're going to do today, Mike. Because we have a topic. We have our first one picked out. And Polaros, the Flying Dutchman of Space! Yes. Uh, this is one uh, you've been pretty... Ex- I guess you were really excited when yeah. I told you there was an article. There was more than just that little well, glossary. The, bo- the votes came in for the topic, Derek, and the numbers were staggering. <laughs> what, how many were there, Mike? <laughs> no one voted. <laughs> to be fair, you got a verbal out of Kennedy. <laughs> yes. Our, the, our, he, our, he went our, ahead and hit me up and be like, ah, this would be cool. Our Patreon Prime. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. So... And Polaros, Flying Dutchman of Space, I can't wait. Is the is the entry pretty good? The entry is really good. Uh, I, I think it takes the original myth and it, it kicks it up a notch. Really? Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to touch on some cool space fairs. So Flying Dutchman, as far as I know, I only just know that it's like a, a mythical pirate ship, like a phantom ghost ship. More Ooh, or less. Okay, you, specifically pirate ship. Yeah. Okay. And uh, oh, I think it was a pirate ship. No, yeah, just tell me what you know for sure. Yeah, I, like... Uh, Alleged like a ghost ship, uh, a pirate ship yeah, of some sort. Right. And I mean, most people will know it from the Pirates of the Caribbean series with... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. They put Davy Jones right Davey on there. Davy Jones is in it. The Flying Dutchman doesn't really fly, but I wonder how it got the name The Flying Dutchman. Ooh, oh, oh, so the flying part, I might not have the best uh, thing for you. I know how we got Dutchman, though. I know how the Dutchman. involved. You, you think they just... Uh, Holtzman Tim and just put him in a catapult and <laughs> launched him up there. He's up in the crow's nest, yeah. just tied, tied to it. <laughs> You're the boat now. <laughs> Look at me. You are the Dutchman. Not not quite. Um, uh, yeah, that's cool that that's what you know. I, so some of that fact, we're going to suss out actually where a lot of, especially where the inspiration for the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean version of it comes from. That's all going to stem out of a certain opera. Uh, that was sort of a play on it. But it okay. actually has a lot more of a benign kind of history to it where it's really not that scary. Uh, oh. it's, it's sort of, it honestly sounds kind of nice, but we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Okay. I wanted to, like, uh, as we as we go into these, Mike, a lot of these are going to be spurred by the glossary of Dune. Right? right. We come across the words and this and that. So I wanted to, like, uh, take the quote where this first appeared for us and let's, let's put that out uh, on the table. And that's going to be our jumping off point for this whole little right. adventure here. So do you, do you remember what chapter this came up in? Uh, that was, okay, that was Jessica talking to Thufir. Yeah. 16, so, chapter 17. Boom, damn, you were dead on. Because <laughs> <laughs> 15 was the big spice and worm, 16 mm-hmm. was dinner, and 17 was the drunken Idaho. Drunken Idaho, always after dinner. I don't, like, legit, though, like, that's how I remember them. I'm just like, that's the one thing that happened. I believe it. Moving and on. I, that one, what, that was a really fun episode to record. Anyway, that, I, I remember, yeah. We had a great time. It was great. Her oh. sitting across from Thufir and them having that tense moment. I still live and die just by the fact that I think Lady Jessica could just kick Thufir's ass. <laughs> like Thufir left the room thinking that oh, uh, I, will, I respect her. Even though I think she's the traitor, I, think, I respect yeah. her. What were uh, you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that uh, I think it was when she was waiting. Was it when she was waiting for Thufir to come in? No. Okay, so it's when no, her, who and Thufir right. are having a dialogue, and it's about the men. Uh, specifically, all the troopers. That oh, are yeah, around. they have no homes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And she, ah, oh, that's let, right. Let Wait, me read it aloud no, for you I, here. Okay. Then apply yourself to these symptoms we've both seen drunkenness among the men, quarrels. They gossip and exchange wild rumors about Arrakis. They ignore the most simple idleness no more, he said. 
Don't try to divert my attention by trying to make a simple matter appear mysterious. She stared at him, thinking of the Duke's men rubbing their woes together in the barracks until you could almost smell the charge there, like burnt insulation. They're becoming more like the men of the pre-guild legend, she thought. Like the men of the lost star searcher, Ampoliros. Sick at their guns, forever seeking, forever prepared, and forever unready. That is our only mention of the Ampoliros. And that's the only time it's going to come up in the entire book. Why even bring it up in the glossary? I don't know. Of like, it's, I mean, it's got to just be like a 101 world building of just, you know, yeah, put something in legend in there. There you mm. go. And I do kind of love that it's, uh, again, like this book is full of Dune, I'm talking, is full of like plot hooks that don't get developed that are sort of left vague that I think in a way it is cool that your mind gets to run with it. And that, fill, that you cool. fill in the blanks, right? And imagine whatever you want to imagine for it. Well, I think with uh, this one, if they didn't, if you didn't have that in the glossary, mm-hmm. if you took it just at face value, like the men of the Lost Star Searcher, Ampoliros, stuck or are sick at their guns, forever seeking, forever prepared, forever and ready. I would guess that that's a ship, but I wouldn't guess like some sort of similarity to the ship of our legends as the Flying Dutchman. I would never put that together, and I'm wondering. Are you going to tell me some interesting facts about the Flying Dutchman that will maybe put a parallel to this situation? Yeah, I I think he hits it pretty dead on the nose. Okay. And that uh, it's maybe just us not having an understanding of what this myth is grounded in. Okay. Because again, I'm, I came from exactly how you described your pre-knowledge here. Mm-hmm. Same base of what I had of like, I was expect I was thinking a pirate ship. Uh, I was thinking that when you cross the Flying Dutchman, the Dutchman is actively trying to pull you like, you know, to be like it. Or right. to sink you or to do something terrible to you. Right, right, right. That's not the case at all. So, like, let, let's dive right into right, the, yeah, the yeah, real yeah. Flying Dutchman before we get on to our Starship one. So, the Flying Dutchman is this, it's a legendary ghost ship uh, that was said it was never able to make port. That's the basic of its curse, Mike. Mm. So, these guys are doomed to sail the oceans forever. And they track this back to like the uh, 17th century is where we're going for the beginning of this myth. And that's the golden age of the Dutch East India Company. Mm-hmm. Ah, so that's how we get Dutchmen. Okay. Pretty much playing that's the it. table. That's, <laughs> that's yep. it. Hey, <laughs> we got well, there. At least they explain it. We do. And there is like a, there's a specific Dutch captain they kind of pin it to. And I'll get to why. Oh. So uh, the point of this going back this far, though, is that uh, the Dutch East India Company, this is the first multinational corporation. And I believe it was the largest company from like 1605 to 1800. This thing is just ginormous and cranking out. So it had a reputation. It was master of the seas, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the myth is going to be attached to this, is that the name was so ubiquitous, like around the world. Everyone has seen a Dust Each India company go by. Uh, they minted their own money. Uh, they had like their own cool symbol. I've uh, dropped one. If you want to open it up in the Discord, I put oh, one of their coins in. You got it. presents for me? I got. Some, I'm like, we got some media for this, ah. uh, and maybe you can post these. Uh, we, can we post them onto the Patreon? Uh, to include yes, with this episode, yes we, can. we can do that in some like show notes yeah. kind of deal. And uh, I just really love uh, for a very modern of like their acronym in Dutch is VOC. And so their symbol on their coin is the V is the in the middle. O. And the O and the C are sort of like uh, symmetrically aligned along the right, cross of the right. V. Uh, it's very I classic. Thought, I thought that looked really cool. Uh, that's some good mo- like modern design even. Like, yeah. That's, like that's... I, seen, I saw it in a, it was in a drawing at first. And I was like, did somebody just make that up like about you know, it, the company? But like that was you their know, Some art. company today would pay like. 15 grand for something like this like that's just how this like freaking logos work yeah. nowadays oh, yeah. for putting just for design, three, yeah for lining up three letters <laughs> exactly but that's uh, nuts that's I really cool it, but it does work i wonder uh, where they found this coin uh i don't know probably in a doomed ship somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i mean they were they were passing around a lot i mean that's how they paid their sailors yeah, and okay. such so i'm sure that money is to be found all over the place mm-hmm. now Cool thing about this Flying Dutchman, back to this little, uh, our legendary ship here, according to legend. So let's see, you see the ship, Mike. If you were to hail the ship, or if the ship was hailed by the Flying Dutchman, the crew of the Flying Dutchman were said to try to send messages back to land or to people long dead. Oh. So, like, that's all they're doing. They're just trying to send word home. Very benign. Not that spooky to me. Um, If anything, I'd be like, "Uh, right here, guy, I will bring this letter to wherever you need it to be. They need to see Lago. They do, they need many. Uh, they, can, they need like like a seagull seal. <laughs> 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 
He'd be so obnoxious. Gio- Even more so. Giovanni is much better spoken than if yeah. we had a goddamn seagull <laughs> with the repetitive loop of the message. Oh, it'd be awful. Is um, that what all those seagulls were doing out there before, just waiting yeah. to be interviewed? All just, they all just got their messages going. <laughs> So, uh, oh God, we had a room full of just avians. <laughs> so we have a uh, purported sightings. Uh, they go up well into like the 2000s. Uh, people still claiming they see this boat. Uh, one of them I found was uh, an actual like a Nazi U-boat had claimed what? they saw the uh, Ampoleros. Did they say where? Oh, not the Ampoleros. I'm sorry. It's the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sitting on the side. Oh, wait, uh, wait. Hold the phones. Whoop. Egregious error. We got so hung up on the Spice Worlders and the, the Patreon community. We didn't even introduce the wine we have. <gasps> oh, my. I, I burned through a glass so quick. I kind of <laughs> forgot. <laughs> All uh, right. What was your next thought? Um, I was thinking about the wine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. Let's just let's run through this real quick. Sure. Wow. I feel terrible for this now. Hey, it happens. All right. Hang on. This is kind of a fun wine, only because we're not playing by the regular rules. This is mm-hmm. a red wine. We just got whatever we wanted. And this one is called, oh, it's in cursive. Can't read it. Z Alexander Brown. Okay, got there. <laughs> oh, yeah, cursive Z. <laughs> cursive Z. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what was so confusing for uh, you? But it's called Uncaged. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon 2018. It's got a picture of a owl on it, sort yeah. of like a diving owl. Yeah, I like that. It's sort of like swooping down. Swooping down. Owls are guarding the vine, and myths say it's present when the spirit is set free. <gasps> spirit set oh. free. Oh, hey, oh, that lines I got up pretty it. well. <laughs> Uh, and it like, wouldn't have made sense, Mike, if we waited. <laughs> we didn't wait to <laughs> explain the ghost ship. Winemaking style is uh, it's also uncaged and takes its time. I love that. Uncaged winemaking. Uh, I just feel like that's a great um, wrestling match I want to watch. Each vintage, big bold flavors. All right, we got there. I, I imagine the wrestlers, like they're, <laughs> they're throwing each other into the grapes. Yeah. That's how we're crushing the grapes. <laughs> we crush them. Yeah. But uh, okay, there's a fun story. We work together. Yep. We work overnight. We just got out. We always record in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were walking home together to record, and I don't know how I caught it in my like peripheral vision. Yeah, it I was almost, camouflaged. I almost stepped on a bird. A little finch was just, I mean, it's pretty cold out. We're getting the winter months are yeah, starting up. Yeah, up in Maine, like it's you know, and it was just on the bricks, sitting there, cold as can be, all it's like bundled up. Yeah, and like sh- so uh, I, I swear, if I had stepped on that bird, I would not have recorded today. No, that or probably for the rest of the week. It would have been a very awkward morning. Oh my god, <laughs> we would have just had to walk away from each other. But uh, um, but no, so I uh, I scooped it right up uh-huh. and we put him in my pocket. And it was a little finch, and he just kind of hung out there until he he warmed up, and then he was much more lively after the fact. He was, yeah, feet were moving, yeah. eyes opening. If he uh, whistled, he would kind of look right up at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we set him up on our rose bush right in the sunlight uh, yeah. when we pulled the corner to your house here. So yeah, so I ran into the gas station real quick and picked up the only bottle that had a bird on it, <laughs> and that's how we got uncaged. We we did consider a new distrans animal, but Giovanni would have been pissed. Yeah, uh, no, he would have eaten too, that bird alive too soon. Too <laughs> yeah so we saved the little finch that was our good karma this morning yeah so uh that's our fun story for the day um back to the dutchman though back to the dutch so the nazis do they say like where in the ocean so it was uh around the suez canal area okay so wherever they were sailing up between the mediterranean and uh i think it would connect to the red sea is that where like all the sightings are reported to be like no oh. no uh they're sort of like i mean they're scattered around so Ocean's very much big. they get lost all the time yeah well and as a myth grows uh mm. you know it gets feet and it's amazing the places you find it down the road however there is a sort of route that we kind of track it to. And we're going to, again, this is going to tie to the actual guy. Ooh. So why don't we why don't we dive into this one Dutchman that we're going to try to say might be the Flying Dutchman. And, oh, oh. yeah, his name is Baderend Fulkes. <laughs> one more time for me. Uh, Baderend Fulkes. Baderend Fulkes. Uh, F-O-C-K-E-S-Z. It's like the, one of the spellings I found. That is name. a space name. That's a good sp- <laughs> it's just It's just a Dutch name. I Mike. can barely pronounce it. That's from space. <laughs> I like Bauerin. So Bauerin, uh, they seem to have a like an English translation of like Bernard. Uh, okay. It's a good comparison. You say it was Bauerin? Bauerin. Bauerin. Yeah. I, I got to give my full Dutch for it. But ba- uh, B-A-R-E-N-D. Bauerin. Bauerin Fulkes. And uh, <laughs> he was a 17th century um, Dutch like a captain for the Dutch East India Company. And he was renowned, Mike. Really? For uncanny speed. 
Flying. I think so. Just fast. It could be speedy or a flight as in sort of like lost and away kind of deal. I think some manner of that. And uh, when like, I think like uh, flying, I think something that's fast. I, I believe it. And yeah, I was just going to like emphasize that point of like pre-aviation too is how we have to consider the use of that word. So mm. like there would be no concept of you flying right. as like in any Well, I vernacular. imagine it comes from like uh, speed of a bird. Yeah, sure. Of like it, how quickly they go. Uh, right. We already use as like a, a form of uh, measurement. They'll say like as the crow flies. Right. Is a cool expression. It'd be the fastest way there. Yep. Um, in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, fly you fools. Fly you fools. Uh, so I think I think that that's a good way to uh, interpret it. Yeah, for sure. And so this guy, he would do this run from the Dutch Republic all the way to Java, and they said it was a circuitous route, and he would go between the Dutch Republic down to Java, and he would do that by going like underneath uh, Africa and go around the Cape Good Hope. Oh, and come up. Okay. And then I think, uh, yeah, how would he sail back around? Because would have been pre Suez Canal. I mean, he did say it's like a loop. Um, but he must have just been coming back. He must have come back down. Yeah, so he would have gone up to the Gulf of Aden, the Red Sea. So probably like, yeah, from one side to the other, like yeah, almost like yeah, a circle. Yeah, whoop, whoop, and a loop. Uh, oh, man, think of how much that canal saves you. Uh, yeah. You oh, and maybe that's why the Nazis saw. Maybe he found the shortcut. Whoa. Oh, I was pissed. Uh, just yelling, why wasn't this here before? <laughs> we wouldn't have been lost. <laughs> we could have saved so much time. <laughs> But so he could do it faster than anybody else. He was like the Han Solo of doing this run <laughs> to the point That's... like he had to prove he did this, Mike. Like they didn't believe him because you got a bonus for coming back. He took a pile of letters that were stamped from like the <gasps> Dutch to the port of Java as like proof of like That's boom, a really good way got here. And, uh, and, and I don't have or the... he's got a really good forger. Yeah, right. <laughs> you should have just taken some of them like you watch me. So uh, he did the uh, distance in uh three months and four days what but I, the, I i don't have like what the longer time was for it that just gives gonna me, say like that means nothing to me right, unfortunately. right but well apparently so that's that's the one he did with the letters of like that's the one we have down to like a t of like no that one he proved like because mm. he he had something on the line had to do this and uh he delivered these to the governor uh was uh, oh rickloff van gones uh, yeah, right. So a stack of letters and that confirmed his traveling time. Uh, in later times, a statue was actually erected to him on the, on the islands out there uh, until the English showed up and they destroyed the statue in 1808. Oh, I was about to ask where, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Nope, no, it doesn't. <laughs> That's sad. The English are jerks. Oh, we wouldn't even have like any pictures of it either then. No. Oh, so I do. Is there a painting I, of him? I included a picture for you of him. Um, I'm not okay. sure what document here. this comes from. Uh, <laughs> I found it on like a website. He's like your, he looks like Captain Hook. <laughs> he is Captain Hook. Yeah. I mean, part of it, he's got that wig. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, got yeah. The, he's got the mustache. The mustache is rocking. And on Honestly, with like that garb that like whatever captains wear, they all look the same. I think the artist had an issue, like a little bit of trouble with eyes. He doesn't do eyes. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like perfect except for that. It's like, just let's just glue on some beady eyes and call it good here. You know what? He's just a captain for the Dutchies. And yeah, what can we really expect? (laughs) I'm surprised we found that. Uh, But amazing. Silliness. So I was curious of like, what do you think he did differently to be faster than the rest? Because like, how do you how do you eat as faster at a ship? Surely everybody can go if you got the same boat available. You know, you're being pumped out by the East India. Company. I'm like, did he know something about the uh, something about the meteorology more than other people did? No, it does sound like more. He was just a little more reckless. Uh, so it said he would go full sail even if a storm was going. Oh, crazy bastard. Yeah. He replaced a number of the parts, wooden parts, with iron parts on his ship because they'd be stronger and they hold out a little longer. Uh, and then he added more sails, uh, it said, than any other captain put on his. So it looks like he, he just tricked out his ship and then did not give a fuck <laughs> and would just sail. Mm. And we just go as fast as he could because he always got more money if he made it faster. Like right. You're, you're rewarded uh, probably exponentially for how you pull that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can make the turnaround for the entire year. Paid by the job, faster. not the hour. Yeah, you think like you're doing it's a three-month journey, so that's going to be probably six months round trip. So You're only doing this twice a year. Sounds like him and Irulan are very like-minded in their business practices. 
<laughs> quantity. <laughs> yeah, paid by the job, not by the amount <laughs> yeah. time it took. You wanted to get as many books out as you can. <laughs> Don't you worry. Um, but so yeah, that's what I got. It's like him just pushing his boat uh-huh. as far as again. That's uh, so. Wow, I wonder what it, his crew was like then. But they're just like this guy's nuts, but he pays well. Right. Yeah. It must be like a kind like, of person. hazard pay every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what you're getting yeah, into yeah, yeah. of like this is a you need to be a hard sailor if you're gonna roll with this guy. And because of that speed, and I assume a little business envy, he was rumored to have made a deal with the devil to be so quick. Oh, a deal with the devil. Oh, what a cool story to get attached to. Yeah. Well, and that's gonna bring us to where like the Flying Dutchman comes in. The Dutchman is known to be a cursed vessel. Right. But we don't know exactly why. And the myth sort of evolved over time, which I really love. So So the is the yeah. basic idea that like he, you know, he made this deal and now he's cursed to never like enter heaven or something like that? Ooh, no. Oh, Mike, you gotta you gotta tinge it more over the mariners kind of tale. Oh. It's always gonna be that you can't go to port. Was, oh, so he's like, he's like, oh, you want to sail so fast? You want to always be on the sea? You'll never leave the sea. It's like, you, you got are, it, buddy. Yeah. Oh, it's like a D&D wish spell. Those bastards are so tricky. Oh, and so we're going to get to the opera. The opera, opera is by uh, Wagner, and he takes it a really D&D way. Because you know who comes down to give you a little reprieve? is an angel shows up and <gasps> offers him a, a way to salvation. Oh. But we're, we're getting a little ahead. I wanted to read you. Uh, I got two little... Uh, extracts from uh poems that were written uh one in about 1790 and this is like our first written uh record of the dutchman in a way uh that we've turned up this is just coming out of wikipedia so if i did miss something a little more in depth i apologize but i think this is going to cover our bases pretty thoroughly so this is uh this appears in travels in various parts of europe asia and africa uh this is a I think it's during a series of 30 years and upward might be the full title. So 1790, and this is by John MacDonald. The weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the flying Dutchman. The common story is that the Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into harbor, but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was lost, and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears. So the Dutchman... Unable to somehow reason navigate is taken by the storm and just pushed out to sea. Oh. And now anytime there's a storm around the Cape, that's when you it's see like that's trying to come home and dock. So uh, our, the next literary, literary reference we're going to read comes from Scenes of Infancy. This is uh, by John Ledin, and this is in 1803. Do you uh, have some? Yeah. Do you think that... Uh... In that legend, mm-hmm. that storm represents the devil, like always having the Dutchman in its grasp. Okay, okay, making it like the storm is like uh, figurative and symbolic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh, I kind maybe. Yeah, I, I kind of in a way. Like I feel like because uh, like storms are no joke to people on the sea. That can is life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm struggling. I'm like, I wonder. Do did they view just like the ocean as the devil? Is that kind of uh, how we were at? I don't know. Maybe. I wonder what the what the the feeling of it would have been. I'm just like you know how like in olden times I think it was like Poseidon of being like, damn, he's a bad god, but <laughs> if you pay him respect, he might leave it be. Right. And we very just, fickle. There's no yeah. It's like there's no calming. He's gonna be mercurial no matter what. Yeah, no. And man, uh, I hate to keep bringing up D and D stuff but it's my jam mm-hmm. uh the god of the sea in uh D is uh uh an evil god yeah if uh if you have a good day it's because she was just like you were so insignificant she does not care but if you piss her off she'll just kill you like then, waves crash down you're done yeah because there, there's always just a uh a, f- a fatal respect for the ocean of yeah. like you know you have to it's this next level. So I don't know, but I, I like that vision of like the storm being the devil kind of showing I up. I think in media, it's always like, uh, oh, like I'm in love with the sea. Uh, mm. They always refer to sea as you're some sort of like data, like he or she so fickle or so merciful or so angry. But uh, I wonder how people actually thought about it back in that uh, time period. Yeah, I, I wish I had done more something maybe to bring you like a, a way to characterize I think, I think it'd be harder to do. You just have to go through like journals at that point to really. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And like, pfft, Hey, we don't have time for that. <laughs> we do what we can. So this is this uh, Scenes of Infamy by John Ledin. So 1803. It is a common superstition of mariners that in the high southern latitudes on the coast of Africa, hurricanes are frequently ushered in by the appearance of a specter ship, denoted the Flying Dutchman. The crew of this vessel are supposed to have been guilty of some dreadful crime in the infancy of navigation and to have been stricken with pestilence 
and are ordained still to traverse the ocean on which they perished till the period of their penance expire. So Do we know what the period of the penance is supposed well, to be? Well, that's what I was going to say. So uh, that's a difference of 13 years, uh, those two references for it. And mm-hmm. in the second one, clearly we've like built up the mystique of it a little bit. And now we're referring to this crime that they're being punished for. And I, I really love the line of uh, in, from the infancy of navigation. Oh, just like that's how you're like marking the epoch of when yeah. this went down. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, that they're they've done something and they are now stuck on the ship until the you know the time that their penance expires. Whenever this uh, curse is up, so to speak, although it doesn't even seem like it's called a curse just yet. It's just right. sort of like there was God punishing. Like this them. is just what you signed up for. Yeah. So that is what I got for the historical references uh, to it. Historical and big quotes, because they're just coming from a couple poems of literary sources. Like, it's pretty scattered. Uh, but, I mean, you're trying to piece together a mariner's myth. Uh, it's going to be all tall tales that build up. Into right. This. So I think that brings me next to this Wagner. Wagner? Wagner. Wagner. Wagner uh, and his <laughs> opera. We got we got listeners in Germany. Don't piss them off. <laughs> Robert? <laughs> Oh, Mike, and that uncaged. And that uncaged. So good. So Spirit set free. Uh, I went through it. I, this is I'm going to give you kind of a rough sketch. Because um, one, this play, a little fucked up. I, <laughs> okay. I don't approve of the message this play puts forth. But the play sounds really great. Uh, though, like I said, it didn't age well. But it gave <laughs> us it gave us this like uh, a lot of the mystique. So in the Pirates of the Caribbean, as we mentioned, right, they, they pull a lot of this uh, the rules for the Divine Dutchman. Can't step on land. Ah, uh, except every seven years. Oh, so ten I told years, you ten years. Ooh, in the film, is it? Yeah. Oh, they they're wrong. They're wrong. Uh, an angel came up and specifically told him you got seven, seven years. years. Uh, so. In yeah, his version of the Flying Dutchman, an angel shows up, offers his way to salvation, and tells the Dutchman, hey, every seven years, the waves will push you towards land. Once you go on land, if you can convince a woman to love you unconditionally, that will lift the curse, and you are free. That's all he's got to do. So that sounds pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds easy enough, right? Easy enough. So this is the way the the play starts: is you have this uh, this captain, mm-hmm. he's out, and uh, they've had their little trade mission. This is going good. They're yeah. they're normal humans. They were not on the Dutchman yet. Okay. And uh, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go to bed. Uh, Night watch, take over. You guys got this, right? Yeah, sure, we got this. They all head in, and uh, I think the night watchman falls asleep a little bit, yeah, drowsy. It's a it's a pretty lame job. Ship's not going anywhere. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, good. It's fair, you know." It's fair. Tied up with a rope, it's going straight. And uh, dun dun, the Dutchman shows up because a uh, sleepy ship in the water that's a no no. And I guess what the Dutchman does, he rolls up and they throw their iron chains over and it like ties the two boats together and they pull them on the Dutchman boards. And uh, I don't remember exactly how the, so Dutch- the Dutchman is a man in this. So, yeah, the Dutchman is straight up a dude who, uh, from this point on, we're gonna call I'm gonna alternate between the Dutchman and the stranger. Uh, I don't think he gets like a personal name. Oh, the stranger, that's yeah. Cool. Because uh, I was I was reading like a synopsis of it. Okay. So the stranger, the stranger, because, again, he's so mysterious. You know, mm. he's been lost at sea for all this time. So for some means, the stranger is able to determine that the captain has a daughter who is unmarried. And he's just like, <laughs> you can just smell it on the wind. <laughs> he just, no, he's like <laughs> sifting through his book while he's sleeping, like reads his journal. And he somehow like just bargains with him. Like, look. Let me marry your daughter. The captain's like, eh. and he's like, I'll give you a big box of treasure. And the guy's <laughs> no. like, like, done, oh, let's okay. go. I think without <laughs> even unchaining the boats, the winds just pick up and start blowing them towards the <laughs> where this guy lives. So idiot doesn't know how dowries work. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> so you can see already how I'm like, this is where it doesn't age so well. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've just bargained off a female character who we haven't even met. Yet. We haven't given her a name yet. <laughs> no. Oh, no, of course not, Mike. Frank would be proud. Frank or- I love this play. (laughs) You didn't even name your main character? Genius. (laughs) Um, So they go and uh, they get to the captain's house and everything's all Mm hunky-dory. And even the daughter is like, she's game. Uh, (laughs) Not like like really into it, but I think she's game. uh, Fuck it, I'm bored on land. Let's figure this out. It's like... Through some means, we end up with the stranger ends up winning like a duel, and like she's all like, "Woo, you saved me!" And like I well, think he I, had the duel. He had to. Yeah, and she was in danger. We're yada yada yadding <laughs> all through the second act. I think I'm gonna have to uh, listen to this. And so she's like all like, "Yeah, I'm into the Dutchman. That's great." So she has to. Her former lover comes, and he, she's like, "No, I have to tell you off. I can't be yada yada." But 
the Dutchman, the stranger is listening and overhears and he doesn't believe her. How could she not like, how is she going to love me? He's super insecure. Mike. apparently he's been, insecure. she said, no, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I got out of it. I'm like, but here's what he wants to hear. He's a man. And, uh, so the Dutchman throws a fit and goes back to the boat. No, what the fuck? <laughs> sails off into the sea. His uh, new lover uh, is distraught, goes into the sea, and like a drowns, being like, no, but I love you, and I love you unconditionally. So then the play ends, Mike, and the last scene is um, the Dutchman stranger and the daughter lifting off into heaven together. So the curse does get lifted, I guess, happily ever after. She died! (laughs) Yep. She committed suicide. Oh! Yeah. Could she swim? I don't think she could swim. I mean, that might be why she drowned so quick. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? Probably had to wear like a corset and um, <laughs> some terrible. I think that's where it comes from. <laughs> one of those like iron dresses. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> those outfits not made for water. Maybe they're buoyant. I don't know. <laughs> Can be. So that is uh, what Wagner had to contribute. Oh, God. <laughs> it just had to just well, terrible. Okay. So, I've, I've watched worse films. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like... Uh, Definitely not in my top ten. Mm-mm. I, I, uh, I've never actually listened to the entire opera, so I'd be interested to pull it up and just sort of give it a whirl. Yeah. I'll ha- obviously have to have some uh, translations on me, because I'm just not fluent. Not up to it. No, nah, but, but uh, I, I'm always down for new music. That's cool. Yeah, no, I hope you do check it out. Uh, and if you get anything out of it, let alone knowing that uh, he wrote the music and the lyrics is really interesting. That is really uh, cool, It's actually. like a little addendum of making him very... Th- uh, I, I wanted to say like an autodidact, but that's someone who is, is can teach themselves. Uh, I don't know what they'd be, but just very talented, well versed, <laughs> yeah, in his uh, occupation. So that covers our basic myth that mm-hmm. is the Flying Dutchman. Gotcha. Uh, that covers this opera that is a fiction of the Flying Dutchman. Let's, is his uh, name Barrett Barry? What the Flying Dutchman? Oh, are you trying to go with uh, the guy, the captain who? Had yeah, the, the guy who it's sort of based on. Uh, I I, I got to get the text Barent in front of me. Barend Fukus. Barend Fukus. I was close. Yeah, Barend, like bar end. Barend Fukus. Hmm. He's a Dutch. All right, all right. Oh. For some reason, I just want to say Barry Allen, but that's the Flash, and that's not <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Flying. But he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> the fastest. He was uh he met some of the criteria to be a Dutchman. But... I, I like Barry's got a little bit of Dutch in him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh oh man, that's side rabbit hole I did almost go down. So that guy, uh Baron Focus, was um Is one that a Dutch accent? Probably it's my Dutch accent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never met any Dutchmen. <laughs> that's fair. Uh there is an article I came across that was the real Flying Dutchman, and there is a Dutch um, aviation expert from like the dawn of the aviation age, ah. uh, and I think I think his last name was Fukus. Was it really? Uh, and he shared the same last name, and he was born in Java. That's and kind of uncanny. Immigrated actually. through Germany and ended up back in. Uh, Holland I cannot make that up. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's goes with the whole insult stories about him and how he like uh, advanced aviation and was like the pride of uh, Dutch aviation. Just like that is super cool. So let's uh, gear this up though. All right. Let's give this a sci-fi twist. Okay. Let's okay. dive into the actual In the, space, the ampoule rose. <gasps> what was that echo? Oh, oh. <laughs> you gotta really get this room together. Let <laughs> me close the closet. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is there anything uh, that you're expecting going into this? Was the Ampelirus pre-guild? I think that's what it said. Yeah, yeah, it's a pre-guild legend. How did they fly? Um, uh, well, what do you mean? Like, what kind of starship do they have? Well, you need the guild to travel sort of interplanetary, right? Mm-hmm. No, we've gone over this. You need the guild to fold space. That is all the guild can do. We had faster than light travel with thinking machines. So they have thinking machines, is what's assumed. Um... Uh, uh, I think we're going to be way before, and these are going to be like uh, classic uh, starships that like you and I. Like would, in a tin like, can? Yeah, like not too much of a stretch from where we're at. Of oh. like com- just conventional means of uh, acceleration. Oh, I'm so sorry. If not like uh, some sort of fuel, but like I don't think we're going relativistic speed. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? No, they do. They do get up to a uh, slightly relativistic speed. Because um, we're going to talk about how they could potentially be actually immortal. Oh, using that rogue Benny Chesaret. Yeah. Uh, 
So, so I don't know some, but like some precursors to like whatever our propulsion method is. Okay. Um, but all I have is like the best description is they'll call it like a limited range interplanetary cruiser. So I have interplanetary cruiser is going to be my best description. Okay. So you're going around a single star system within like a uh, pretty good ease. But okay. maybe jumping between stars is like it takes years or something still uh, mm-hmm. some exorbitant amount of time that it wasn't uh, super effective. But this is, a, as you just brought up, it's a pre-Guild legend. And it appeared on, like, many planets, including, uh, among them, we'll see if you know any of these, Arrakis. Oh! What's Ix, that one? <laughs> Ix, Cronin, Renal, Ikaz, Caladan, Belatigiz, Gaiety Prime, Gamont, and all of the planets of Niush. Okay, so Cronin, Regal, I don't... I think Regal, oh, well, I do know. Cronin... Oh, really? I, I don't think that I think we mentioned Regal once. Oh, it's uh, Renal. R- Renal? No, R-E-E-N-O. it's out. Never okay. mind. Gonna, it was one that was, wasn't was familiar for me. But oh, cer- gosh. Yeah, certainly okay. Arrakis, Ix, Akaz, Caladan, Belatigiz, Gaiety Prime, Gamont. You said uh, all cr- the planets of one system in, in particular? All the planets of one system in so particular. So what was the star name? Uh, so uh, It's N-I-U-S-H-E. N-I-U-S-H-E. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but I'll get I'll get to why all the planets, obviously. Uh, okay. That's going to be included in here. And uh, so this tells the story of the Star Searcher spacecraft, Ampoliros. Uh, and in reality, as I said, it's this limited range cru- interplanetary cruiser, and they give it, they call it like a class three power amplitude seven. No idea. Okay. Uh, so this was a real ship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They left. Uh, and then they tell me that the legend uh, that was built on the Ampoliros uh, brings it up to grander proportions. They're like, it's a class nine power amplitude <laughs> 35. It was a long range explorer with military cap- capabilities of a support fighter. <laughs> you know, embellish it. The fish was this big. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we start with a little, little fishing boat and now it's like a battleship <laughs> in the stars. Um. In its simplest form, this is the myth, Captain Frigonokan uh, and her crew of 14 had set off toward the Niush system uh, in the year 480 before Guild. So that's not that far before Guild. Um, a significantly difficult journey in those days before faster than light travel. About two-thirds of the way to their destination, they came upon an abandoned cargo ship adrift in space. <gasps> Now, like we got uh fourteen crew members, fourteen crew members. 14 okay, crew members. That's um that seems like a a small crew. I guess it's space travel. I don't know what you need on a space crew. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've already gone through how ambiguous the size of the spaceship is, right? But it's uh Captain Frigonokan, and I was just thinking like if we we're gonna name off any of these people, I had a na- couple of names in mind. Okay, I don't know how you'll feel about. Well, these. we got Captain Frig. Yeah, uh, I was thinking uh first mate, first mate Kennedy. First, oh, after our, our Patreons? Oh, yeah, after all the Patreons. Uh, I don't know what many crew positions after that, but certainly Laurel is going to take up uh, I and Kennedy's post enviously. <laughs> um, then... Uh, get ooh. your boson. Get my what? Uh, is it boson? Or... Yeah, no, it's boson. It's like, uh, uh, like a shipmaster that does repairs. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, a, isn't a boson particle a thing? Bo- boson, boson is. Yeah. Okay, okay. They're separate. I, like, as I said, I was like, that's not right. That's quantum mechanics. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's what it's <laughs> I was like, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's the boson. Uh, there's a quartermaster. I don't know. You could have, like, a powder monkey or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll refrain from the titles. Um, so we have, uh, as I said, first mate Kennedy. We have Laurel, we have Shane, Sarah, and Crunk. Crunk. Crunk will be cleaning the poop deck, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. His name is Crunk Craptastic One. one cleaning the poop deck. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and who, who did you? I told you I wanted some space names. You wanted some space names? Yeah. So how space did you go? All right. How? I mean, on a scale of like one to uh, Pluto. Becca with a K. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Back with a K. <laughs> That's how far I want you to go. How about okay? I've got Arcada. I like it. Arcada. Uh, how many do you need? 
Uh, I think I just need like seven more. Just rattle some off. Uh, Raxel. Raxel on the boat. Othello. Othello. I was doing some Shakespeare stuff earlier. <laughs> Skrell. Skrell. Zaro. Zaro. Braxis. Braxis. Kythris. Kythris, brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Same family, maybe? And Dante. Yeah, yeah. It's a normal name, but it's also a sexy name. You know, it, it's timeless. It's is timeless. What it is. <laughs> Okay, and that's going to be our little crew, Mike. We're boarding up now. We're all in the Ampelero. So, we sailed out. Now, you found, we're in space, right? Mm-hmm. This is an abandoned cargo ship adrift in space. Now, Mike, we've gone over this a few times. Do you remember what year this book was written in? The Encyclopedia. Uh, this would have had to have been after God Emperor. So Correct. It was five years after that he did Messiah. So I'm guessing probably a decade after, so 19, or, uh, 1975? Uh, okay. You, there was a little more gaps in between uh, his work. So it was uh, four years for Messiah. It was in 69 okay. that came out. And then the other book took a little while, but he didn't get down to God Emperor. That didn't come out until 84. 84. And that's when this book comes out. Wow. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So do you I know guess what, I didn't give that enough credit. Do you know what movie came out five years before this, though? Was it Doom? It was Alien. <gasps> oh, my God. Because, Mike, we just found a cargo ship in space that's abandoned, that's floating. And we're like, we're going to check Don't that out. Don't touch the egg. <laughs> Upon returning from examining the empty ship, they resumed their journey. Oh, no. So, Mike, we don't know what happened on that ship. But two weeks go by. Mm-hmm. Sailing through space. Kennedy and Laurel are having a great time. Shane and Sarah are confusingly watching Crunk clean that poop deck over and over. Uh, it's like, no one's walking there. It's on the outside. <laughs> His little spacesuit's scrubbing it. He just keeps cleaning it. <laughs> and they notice that Othello and a few of the other crew are stricken by like a fever. And uh, sweating, dizziness, dementia. Now, they speculate from our far vantage point and hindsight that an anti-cytologic microspore. Excuse me? Uh, so that would be, and I might be getting the pronunciation off. That's, you know, what we do here. <laughs> but uh, cytologic is a branch of biology dealing with the structure, function, manipulation, pathology, and life history of cells. So just like cellular biology. Okay. So basically uh, a microspore that can go in and manipulate and terrorize cells. Oh my God. On that level. It's just sort of affecting you. And uh, they experienced uh, the rarest forms of psychosis, group paranoia. And within a matter of three weeks, they became thoroughly convinced that civilization had been destroyed by an invasive force of hideous aliens who attacked with unstoppable weapons from invisible starships. That's some good paranoia. Uh, they radioed this information on all receivers using the widest spectrum of emergency bands. So they just at this point think everyone's gone. This crazy form of aliens with special weapons and hidden ships are everywhere. And just... Uh, they do the only thing you could do, Mike. So the crew... They just, like, stay <laughs> hidden as best they can? Oh, Mike, Oh, Mike. no, what do they do? Well, what, is, uh, what was the member of the... Or what does Jessica say they were? Star searchers. But forever at their guns. Oh, forever, just like... You know? Yeah. They so, keep coming at any time. <laughs> exactly. They're all around us. They're everywhere, oh, but God. we can't see them. So the crew told them their decision to strap themselves to their guns and fly until they ran out of stores, searching for the invisible aliens, hoping to attack and destroy at least some of them before starvation or the aliens killed them. The Ampoleros was never found. It is said to be still searching the stars, ever ready to attack. The time dilation effect of near light speed travel making the crew almost immortal. Oh my god. So that's the cool bit of where I think where we, it could be a real thing. It could be a real thing. Uh like that is gnarly. Wow. You, you could rationalize out them being 480 before guild and maybe making it to 10,000 of just like never slowing down. It would just be a matter Slingshot of slingshotting like, around stars like mm-hmm, be a matter of like how much food do they have? Do they have any like cryopods? Like what can we make up uh to make this possible oh and kind of backfill in? That's like some interstellar shit right there. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Like, 
Based on just what you told me alone, you sold it to me in just a couple paragraphs. This would make a fucking awesome film. It would be. And like, if they cross paths with Holtzman ever, two mad paranoids like going by <laughs> one another. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could have been great. <laughs> Vampiris is just like, we see you. You're not an invisible alien. And this guy's like, yeah, I wasn't here. Oh, I thought that would just be Holtzman. Like, there are invisible aliens too. <laughs> Just knocks him up another year. Guns cocked. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. You didn't see me. <laughs> the mad Holtzman. And then they're like, wait, was that was that actually one of them? <laughs> if we didn't see him, fire. Oh man, what if uh hmm. weird weird theory here? What if this is a legend? What if someone just happened to see the mad Holtzman? They're like, oh, it's the Ampoleros. Oh, okay. Well, what if it's the same thing? I I guess would you I don't really know how they would uh, cross paths in the same manner. Because, like, this one is meant to be, like, uh, you see it and it's sort of bad luck and this and that. Holtzman, what? though, I feel like he, he always called out to anyone who came near him. Did he? He Open messages, open channel. Oh, I guess. You know, when everyone was, like, waiting for him to come back around and he sort of, like, cheated out at, at a hibernation. Fair. Uh, but, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe going across. Maybe there's, some, uh, maybe there's some truth in that, though, in the fact that this uh, star or this ship that just constantly, like, roaming around. Mm-hmm. Maybe a legend of Ampliris came from that. Because what you say is this legend isn't that old. Sure, sure. And like I guess Holtzman's ship would be really atypical. Because it was that unique design mm-hmm. that he crafted up himself. And right. And put under the guise of the chief arch- or chief engineer of the house. Uh, so yeah, I could see something like that. Maybe someone just like the ship, you know, like when he's in dormant phase two. Oh, just going yeah. past you and not responding to oh, anything. God. And shoom, sailing off. And you just being like, no idea. No idea. So the encyclopedia offers me a couple of explanations, let's say, of how this uh, legend is used in culture. Okay. Uh, one of them being an explanation to children of how allowing themselves to be carried away by imaginary fears could lead to real difficulties. Like Ooh. sort of a, an allegory of sorts. That's some good wisdom. Yeah, of just like, that's you could end up like the Ampoliros, just constantly chasing after this like useless goal mm-hmm. um, because you got so worked up. Uh, Now, it was also used to suggest to adults that too much idle time was destructive to a well-tuned army or skilled workforce. Forever prepared and forever unready was often the phrase used to deride the crew of the Ampoleros. just like Jessica. Yeah, and the state of any tactical force that has waited too long to be tested in a real fight. Oh. Isn't that kind of cool? Because, again, always ready, always unprepared. Interesting. So I like that. Uh, and that the starter card take that to heart. That's exactly where <laughs> I was going to go with that. Yeah, the whole point of what we learned. Like, you got to keep the starter card. You keep that edge sharp. Right. You have to deploy them. You can't deploy them too much. Like, you don't want to wear them out. Mm-hmm. But there's no... <laughs> or kill everything in sight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for Fremen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh, oh, man. So good. Well, when we get back. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, so the Legends at Time uh, was embellished by such changes as having some of the crew die of fever or abandon the ship alone in deep space. Another oh. version says they went mad not from microspores, but from the colossal crushing loneliness of deep space. So I think that's another oh. one of like using it to maybe like that cabin fever almost. Yeah, and addressing sort of the fears of like your culture of like if we're going through like we're all doing a lot more space travel, that's going to be something where maybe we need to address. And you do that with a legend True. to like kind of uh, put a bandaid over that. Very, uh, very akin to being at sea, just surrounded by nothing but like blue skies and blue waters. Mm-hmm. Um, just in space, being surrounded by nothing but like black and stars. Yeah. Do you mean like be- is being adrift or being like on the ship? I mean adrift, but also just like that. A feeling of isolation like i am just a little speck in a large body of water or whatever it be mm-hmm. yeah um, and I, I mean you obviously have that awareness of that like if anything goes wrong there's no place to go right like you are like you on i the, mean like the if one things go wrong you die that's just all mm-hmm. comes down to yeah you're not gonna live in the water it's gonna be too cold you're not gonna live in space for much the same reason among many others right yeah. <laughs> like uh, just a couple more even a couple more yeah just keep tagging them on uh you know all shades of degree not difference mm-hmm. <laughs> so in its various forms uh the legend it's always going to describe the crew as suffering um Ooh. and uh some of them are even like more fanciful system uh symptoms such as like emotional seizures or they have like tremors you know, the, it's just like your brain melting, essentially, uh, and all these terrible things. 
Often the story speaks of the crew engaging in attacks on other friendly vessels, planets, asteroids, or even imaginary targets such as scanner blips and uh, psycho projections. I imagine they ran out of ammo really quick. Yeah, I mean, they must be firing lasers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're I, right. I would think some form of like that message laser. Or no, yeah, no, we're full laser at this point. Yeah, full ass guns. Yeah. Uh, Purple so, beams every which way. Yep. I, uh, I think the only thing we're worried about is food. Uh, food stores running low. And now the legend is first recorded as being part of the folk culture of uh, Bella Tegues. Hey! From there, it was carried to most of the planets. Uh, this is all kind of going from pre-guild. And of course, in the post-guild era, it spread like wildfire. Because again, that was when we started ballooning out and just finding all these worlds right. and sending people everywhere. So there'd be a lot more overlap of the culture and uh, inter-exchange of the culture. So the legend is said to have still been popular well into the second millennium of Lord Blank's reign. Uh, Lord Blank? Yeah. Oh, is this, is this the same <laughs> Blank you keep... Re- God same damn one, it. Same one. When do we get to learn this guy's name? Uh, a little while later. Uh, but its popularity diminished as space travel came to be less of a factor in the daily lives of most communities. That's a, just a nice little post-Dune tidbit that's irrelevant to you. Uh, so repeat it for me one more time. The last line? Yeah. Uh, just that, the, so basically the myth is persistent up until the point where we kind of remove, uh, there's a point where the common man can't go uh, on a space liner at all. Oh, they aren't okay. allowed to leave their home worlds ever. Oh, shit. For like, uh, it's like uh, that whole period of the God Emperor. Okay. No one's going anywhere. Oh, so, oh, God, we have to wait like four books to learn this shit? Yeah. yeah oh, my God, time. are you kidding me? So it's like, so it took us like him stopping all space travel for thousands of years for this myth to finally sort of simmer down and not be passed oh. around. Because in that period. Because there's no space flat travel. You're not afraid of the boogeyman if like. Exactly. Yeah. None of you. Ever... Boogeyman doesn't breathe air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> So I got a few books from the Dune Encyclopedia. As always, an article will end with some uh, a fake bibliography. Fake references and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, got, I, uh, I think that's really cool that they do that. Yeah, it's nice. it adds like some depth to it. And uh, lets us know there are other authors besides the Princess Irulan. <laughs> so the three books we got for today, uh, I'm just going to give you the names of them. Sure. Uh, we have uh, Ballads from the Border Stars. Ballads from the Border Stars. Studies in Atreidean History. In, in what? Atreidean. Atreidean? Like Atreides? Yep. Oh, so they get their own little history. Um, the other book is pre-guild stories for children. <laughs> There's always one kid's book. Always a kid's book. You got you can't corner that market either, Erlon. <laughs> and the last one I like this is kind of poetic is more leaves from the golden boughs. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. I like yeah, that. That's a very high-minded book. Uh, it was a thick read to get through. Wait, okay, I see your notes here. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you looking for? Let's just looking at the references here. I can see them now. Uh, the Golden Bow one. Uh, I, I read the name and was immediately like, excuse me? Because it's like almost, uh, it was uh, was Icomius Pronimum yep. and uh, G. Deuce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's pronounced? No, but that was just funny to you. G is what you wrote. G yeah, no, hey. It's so, Icomius Pronimum. Uh, way back when, my World of Warcraft character was named Iconius, and so now all I can think of is like my little oh. space goat, which is don't ask me why that exists, but he was a space goat, space goat I, coast to coast, yep. space coast coast to coast. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Iconius. That's so cool, though. I love that. Get a little personal connection for you. Hell yeah! Like, what a wild legend! Isn't that really great? Is there anything you think? Uh, any other questions you have? Um, anything on like the original Dutchman or tying into that? No, I guess not. I do. I do like the the point you made that like Alien came out just before this book came out, and I wonder like how much was taken from that. But it's such a cool idea. And, like, it is. And you know, like in space, no one can hear you scream. Like I stopped as soon as it said approached uh, abandoned space cargo ship. I was like, when did this come out? Uh, yeah. That is straight up the beginning of without getting you know some corporate guy telling you you gotta check that ship out. <laughs> Uh, it, it was great. Uh, what an awesome sci-fi motif. To I work love in. it. I absolutely love it. So where do we go from here, Mike? Well, Eric, uh, I really enjoy that legend. I want to share a legend of my own. Something mm-hmm. that is, I mean, legendary among our community at the very least. Uh, ooh, what is it? It's the glossary oh, game. No, it doesn't <laughs> die. It's coming back. <laughs> lost, lost star searches, Derek. Always out there. I, do I have to bury this? <laughs> 
there's no points on this, but you know, you still I, have a couple words here and there. Well, I, I love to dip back into it. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. Last one lined up so well. I got a, I've got a pretty good one. You pulled that one out in the Haltman episode, the <laughs> yeah, two ago. Yeah, that was awesome. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I think we may, uh, we'll probably run into this a little bit down the line. Okay. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to share it with you. This word comes from the F section. Ooh, we didn't do but, many of those. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much of authority you are in Zensuni. Okay. But uh, this definitely comes from their book. Okay. And you'll probably recognize the word as being like, that's definitely something for the Fremen. Is Zensuni the religion? It is now, yeah. Okay. Because otherwise they would be like Sunni, uh, Sunni Islam. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, my word for you is fic. Cool. And it is F-I-Q-H. Q. Okay, F-I-Q-H. Yes. Ooh, fic. Uh, fic. You did pronunciation? Yes. Ooh, I actually looked nice. into it this time, so I didn't sound like a total idiot. Just a half idiot. Half. Uh, I'll take care of the full if you need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Give me, give me a clue on that. Ooh, okay. Um, you me? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I kind of already did, but this will just go back to it. It's uh, one of the half-legendary origins of the Zensuni Wanderer's religion. Oh, okay. So half-legendary. Yes. Getting to those legends today. Okay, and I wonder if is, is that like a clue where they like they split in half? Do I like divide it into that? That seems that it, seems awkward. Don't overthink it. Okay. Don't overthink it. That's my clue. Okay. So one of the clues is a half legendary origin mm. of the Zensu. And that, that's almost part of the the definition of it, but like I figure maybe that'll jog some memories or something. I would hope so. No, I definitely need it. Uh, give, give me one more time verbatim what you want to say for a clue. Uh, one of the half legendary origins of the Zensuni Wanderers religion. Okay. Is so I would say if you think in terms of half legendary and origins for their religion and where they started. Yeah. I think you need to go back to Terra and what Terra had that time. Okay. In that time. Yeah. Uh. Meaning that there's a real world comparison here. Okay. For what the feet Because this is uh, an Arabic word. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, so I mean, I was going to want to lean it back to like part tied into like this. Remember the Sunnah, the 10,000 questions they have yeah. to answer. Um, I feel like it's something like that. So if the Sunnah is that, was it ever mentioned like the fickin' Sunnah or something? So is it the name for like the Sahara Desert where they ended up like living and like their original kind of desert that they were in or wait would it be damn it hold on i want to double back because i want to i think i got a place i think the book told me they were in the sahara i might be wrong but obviously i want to put it more in like saudi arabia and in like mm -hmm. the fertile crescent okay yeah kind of yeah. like right in there but i'm saying sort of like their origin desert that like wasteland that they started in so to speak gotcha that, that like that lifeless area where they brought life what can you give me mike well Derek, you're going to be amazed by this. Uh, you got it wrong. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <no>! <laughs> it's honestly a weight off my shoulders. Um, but uh, so it's not a place. It's a concept. Okay. And the concept is knowledge, uh -huh. religious law. Okay. And that's what fic means. And uh, I did a little research on it because like, I figured there was more to the story than that. It's real word in Arabic still used today. Islamic jurisprudence. Jurisprudence, basically just theory of law. And what so, was it? yeah, it'd be like the like how a person exercises the theory it. and philosophy of law. I think is the best way to think about it. Because uh, I know um, we refer to like uh, each of the justices. You kind of refer to each of their own jurisprudence is oh. how they interpret the Constitution and apply it. Ah, they each exactly. have sort of a different method. And that's why it's so good to have so many different minds tackle it. You know, or if anything, just so interesting that from a concise document, you would have so many different interpretations of mm -hmm. all over time. Where like, yeah. Honestly, I'd never really known the origin of the word jurisprudence until earlier today. So I was like. I, I believe, is it something, something a word you've heard and you would feel like, I could describe that. But then it's like, I bet I, I know what it is. If I, like, if I, I had no uh, idea what right, it is. Right. So I was on a test, I'd be like, well, let me draw a duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I yeah. got. Hey, I think it's very common for like, so we everybody does that. Yeah. And it's so much better if you can recognize it and do a little research. So uh, in particular, fic is Islamic jurisprudence. Okay. And is often described as the human understanding and practices of the Sharia. Mm -hmm. That is human understanding of the divine Islamic law as revealed in the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Sunnah. So you described ah, the Sunnah yeah. to me as the 10,000 questions in the Duniverse. 
Yes. As is... far as Zen Sunni go, Sunnah is actually from the Quran, yep. obviously. And uh, the Sunnah means the teachings and practices of the Islamic prophet Muhammad. Very cool. Which is very cool. I wonder if the 10,000 questions is some interpretation of that. Oh, maybe. You know, like that just sounds like a, a very easy religious es escalation. You oh, can totally. Kind of make yeah. Uh, and I wonder if that's like some poetic interpretation kind mm -hmm. of of like it, that would mean the same thing. And sort of like what he's giving for us to do. Um, but that's that's awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you can tie to that word? Well, can you uh, based off of uh, what fiqh is being the Islamic uh, jurisprudence? Can you tell me the name of an expert in fiqh? Uh, an Uma. An Uma? Uh, I believe. Um, yeah. I want to say Umea? Uma? How close nope. am I? Uh, not close. No? Faki. Damn. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. So wait, what did you, wait, what did you ask me to give you? A religious... An expert in fic. Okay. Can you open up the glossary Ooh. in Dune and, oh. go, and go to you? Are you kidding me? I should not. I hope. I'm a hope. I'm, I'm being very condescending Oh, man, you're giving me a glossary game. I got four words. Oh! Can you read that oh! one, please? You named them both. Thank well, you. now I'm not putting those ones in future but B2Ds. If, why don't you put it into the audio for the record? <laughs> so, Ulema. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know. Ulema. Okay, that's I didn't look up, okay, I didn't I look up the pronunciations on these yet. Yep. So, Ulema, uh, Zen Sunni Doctor of Theology. Yes. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know what's But uh, it's a Doctor of Theology. It's not necessarily an expert in law. Religious law is the big thing. I would argue that the Sharia in like Islam is um, like a straight merger of like well, theological thick is, law. Thick is our philosophical understanding mm. of that law, though. Okay. That's why it's a completely different thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's just a doctrine in theology. Yeah. I, I just, I think, I would think he would supersede. I, I think it'd be close. I think it'd be close. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Like if there was a, if this was a school and they were all in the same department, like offices next to each other, uh, <laughs> yeah. these guys talk. Like, no, he's next door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Ulema. Uh, can I tell you the kicker for that word? Yeah. What? Doesn't show up anywhere in the book except what? for the appendix once. I hate that. <laughs> Why? So that I can hold it over your head and run ah! like this. Some things he does. All right. What like. was the next word you said? Uma. Uh, I was thinking of Ulema. If there is something Ulema. for Uma, I have, there is. I have like walked into this one on uh, accident. Oh well, maybe I'll save this one for another episode. Okay. okay. I, I definitely don't. Know. Ulema is the one I was uh, pulling out of my ass. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and save that for another time. Okay. But that's pretty good, right? Yeah. That's pretty. Good. I bet you you uh, yeah you caught me off guard. Hey. Caught me with my pants down, Derek. <laughs> I know my dune a little bit. Wow. A that's awesome. Bit. But uh yeah, I thought that was really fun. Who? If anything, that was a draw. And honestly, <laughs> I mean, it makes me want to explore the Quran a little bit more and just sort of dive in and get, get a my feet wet in terms of like what are the ideas here and uh, it's weird that uh because i also i love like science fiction from this era from mm -hmm. like the 50s through like the 70s it's this golden age of it and in stranger in a strange land uh they have one character who is muslim and shows up mm -hmm. and he has this conversation with the main lawyer in the book jubal hershaw and jubal has read the quran and they're able to kind of like talk back and forth of it because the main character is a human that was raised on mars who's come to earth mm -hmm. so never, wait, 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 sorry mm -hmm. stranger in a strange land bro stranger in a strange land uh his name's mike Ah, uh, I love, love it already. It. Yeah. We should um, read this book. All I want to, oh, Mike, you don't got to twist my arm. We can do that tomorrow if you want. <laughs> oh, uh, but the point being is that, uh, the, so this character, Mike, has no background religion experience whatsoever. Okay. Like, so he's never dealt with Christianity or this or that. Oh, right. I mean, like, he's on Mars, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, and okay, so okay, Jubal, okay. like, he is very much holding him back because, like, there's this, like, um, evangelist guy is trying to get his like claws into him and all these people want to use him to manipulate him for his power and he's trying to very much um be the kind of filter for what gets to him and be like no i need you to know this about the, each of these religions so they have a really cool dialogue just sort of about islam oh. in general and i thought it was revealing for the time that it's written in this that almost kind of reminds me of uh do you remember life of pi yeah i never read I mean, that every, one but oh I know, what yeah Oh, wait, Sorry. okay. You're not leaving today without that copy of that book. Okay. Uh, I almost had a copy of that book. Uh, it was in a lost and found when I worked at a movie theater. And I was like, oh, I'm going to read this. And then the person came back for it. I was like, I'm not going to read this. And gave that back their book, obviously. Uh, but that was as close as I ever came to it. Yeah, that guy's fucking awesome. Um, so what, the main character. And like, it's, it's really silly and how... Uh, it, I feel like it glosses over this point a little bit sometimes. But like, this guy 
uh, finds religion as a little kid and he loves it. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's amazing. And then he, I think it's a, a, a priest first. And he's like, I love this is amazing. Then he meets a rabbi. It's like this religion is also amazing. And, uh, oh, I don't know what the term would be in, uh, Islam, but, uh, he also meets like another like teacher from that practice. It's like, mm -hmm. this is amazing. It's like, he's like, I'm worshiping the same God and have all these interesting things. And they all find out and they're like, what are you talking about, son? I think he would be a sheik. Sheik. I think you're right. I think it? it is a sheik. But they, they all sort of find out about this and confront him like, you got to pick one. It's like, no, but I like, I, I believe in all of this. That's really cool. It's like, it's an interesting thing. And like, I mean, it's about a boy and a tiger in the ocean, but that is a really big point in the book about that's, the three that's religions. That's you gloss over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I think I feel like that's how we very much approach it. Like, yeah. We don't dig in too much, but like, God, I love the surface value it's of all so of them. It's so good. They all got little awesome bits. <sighs> wow, but, uh, I think... Wait, where's uh, where's your bet? I was just going to say, that's the Glossary game. Where's our next section? Oh, remember last time when he was leaving the room? Yeah. Yeah, he hit his nose hard. <gasps> uh, so he's in recuperate. He's going to be fine. Oh, a little hungover? Going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I I put some wine on trap for him. Uh, <laughs> IV drip. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, you don't want the best way to a hangover is into another one. Uh, <laughs> just put it on the oh, back burner. No. We'll deal with that one tomorrow. So I think we'll, we'll see him next week. He'll be ready to go. He'll be ready to go. <laughs> a little bed. A little gurney, if you will. <laughs> a little, yeah, he's a little gurney. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, I think that's going to do it for this week. Oh, my God. For this month. Oh, between two dudes. This, yeah, I was going to say, format. hey, this is our this is a monthly gift. Mm -hmm. um, so, obviously, I'm not going to go through all the plugs. You guys know, if you came to our little CH here, you know, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. <laughs> do you know? We have an email. It's all Spice World Pod. Oh, Spice World Pod. Obviously, you know the Patreon. You can always direct message us through here, too, if you want. Yeah. I check it uh every week excellent uh, at least a couple times just to make sure i'm like posting or i've got things all set and squared away i feel like we all know the paracompass routes to get here yeah. oh that's oh. clever i like that yeah, i like that we gotta we'll put that into the next coffee <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> like gonna get better at this <laughs> a little more doing each time <laughs> we'll get there hey you know we're new it's our first it's our first official like exclusive b2d yeah uh, i mean i think with that all we got to do is we just got to say thank you all for everything yeah we, you know without your guys' support the, the spice, spice can't, can't flow, flow. I do know what oh, Mike, it's time for the Between Two Dunes. You were going to say glossary game, yeah, were yeah. you? I wonder if I can get the frequencies and the notes to do our opening theme song in bat. Ooh, yeah. That was really good. I'll see what I can do. I don't have a lot of you just hope. End, you just end one episode. <laughs> It'd be so bad. <laughs> oh, God. I would, I would turn it off in my head. <laughs> you lost me, guys. <laughs>